Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning together Ha'azinu Chamishi, the fifth Aliyah in Parshas Ha'azinu. This is a longer Aliyah consisting of 11 psukim from Perak Lamed Beis, Pasuk Choftes to Lamed Tes. The basic idea in our Aliyah is connecting the dots. We're going to hear a basic summary and then think about some points to ponder. So Hashem is talking about a nation which doesn't understand and therefore deserves punishment. So here's a basic summary of the Aliyah. Hashem says, Lo if only this nation would be more attentive and they would understand this. They would understand that it's implausible that one person chases a thousand, that two people chase ten thousand. If it were not, that their rock had sold them out. Because our rock is not like theirs, our enemies are judging us. He describes the vineyard is from Sodom, the bitter grapes are from Amora. Their wine is the poison of snakes and the vipers which are cruel. It is hidden in me, Hashem says, locked in my treasure houses. To me is vengeance. And the time when their foot falters, then judgment will come, because Hashem will judge his nation and have mercy on them. He will see their forlorn state, and he will say, Where is your where is your God? Though your rock who, who, who cared for you, whose fat sacrifices you ate, you drink the libations, let, he, let, let him get up now and save you. See, I am here, and there is no other power with me. I will kill, I will bring life, I will smite, and I will heal. Very complicated, obviously, it's very poetic. The Hebrew is much more poetic than even the summary. Um, and it's hard to understand what's really going on over here. The most important point to understand in trying to, un- trying to crack, trying to get a sense of what this Aliyah is talking about, is who is the Aliyah talking about? So Rashi actually describes in Pasuk Mem Gimel that there is a debate as to what the topic of our Aliyah is. There is a debate between the great Tanaim, the, the, the sages of the Mishnah, Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Nehemiah. Rabbi Yehuda says this Aliyah is all about Israel, whereas Rabbi Nehemiah says this whole section is about the other nations. Just understand how this works. If you remember, the last Aliyah was Hashem punishing Israel for their decadent state. They got fat, they got satiated, they started serving other powers, then Hashem punished them. But at the end of the last Aliyah said that Hashem did not punish them fully because the enemy would attribute it to themselves. So therefore, our Aliyah begins. If you read it according to the reading of Rabbi Yehuda, what means what happens is, is it switches back now to Israel and says that ultimately Hashem will punish them, not fully because of the arrogance of the enemy, but Hashem asks Israel, how can it be that your enemies dominated you so thoroughly? How can it be that one of your enemies was, was chasing a thousand of you and two were chasing ten thousand? Isn't it obvious that it was because Hashem did this to you? Isn't it obvious that your, your actions are despicable? Your wine that you made is the wine of Sodom? Your reward is hidden with me, but it's deep down. And Hashem says, I'm going to judge you because you trusted in these other deities. Where are these other deities now that you sacrificed to? Where are these other powers in the world? That's the the, the general perspective of Aliyah. So the focus is Israel, their sins, and it's a continuation of the general theme of the previous Aliyah. Rehemia says, no, the previous Aliyah was talking about the punishment of Israel. However, then at the end of the Aliyah, the last Aliyah described how Hashem will not punish Israel fully because the enemy might attribute it to themselves and not realize that they are the tool of Hashem. This Aliyah now turns to those nations in their mistreatment of Israel and therefore asks them and says, are you other nations? Do you really think it's because of your power that you're succeeding so unconscionably? How could it be that one of you chases a thousand of them were it not for the fact that Israel was sold out? Don't you realize that there's a theological reality unfolding in front of your eyes and you're the vehicle of it? Because ultimately, Akash Baruch Hu will have mercy on his nation and then he'll come and punish you terribly. 
That's what the Aliyah seems to be saying. So two different ways of looking at it as to whether the, the object of the Aliyah is Israel or it is the other nations as well. A few basic points to ponder in the actual Aliyah itself. Pasuk Lamed Dalad is a fascinating Pasuk. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, just to quote the actual Pasuk um, itself, he says, Haloihu komus imodi, it is hidden with me. Chosum so I sealed up in my storehouses. What is he referring to? So the Abarbanel explains, this is the turning point of the Aliyah, where HaKadosh Baruch Hu is talking about the future Geula, the future redemption, where Hashem says, all that bitter poison that you've been feeding my nation Israel all, the, all this time, I'm going to now bring it out. I was keeping count, there was an accounting for everything that went on, and it's going to be revealed from my hidden storehouses. There was something being kept track of. This was not simply anarchy. The Rachaim and HaKadosh says in a similar way, that it, it seems that throughout the course of Jewish history, that enemies of the nation of Israel get away with terrible, terrible crimes. And there doesn't seem to be anybody who really cares. Even the age that we live in right now, modern nations apparently, you look at Poland, which is no longer paying back reparations or no longer paying back the property that the, their people stole under government auspices. It's unbelievable. But there were many, many worse crimes that were committed where Jews lost everything, their lives, and there was no way of them recouping any of that. That, Akash Baruch says, the account is going to be paid. And I will ensure it, says Hashem. The Ha'em Ekdava points out that it, Hashem keeps this punishment hidden in order to leave the main punishment for these terrible nations in the world to come. So any merit that nation may have will be used and consumed in this world. So ultimately it will not be used. It will not be used up in the, fu in the future world because that's when the, the full punishment will be coming. Now, in Pasuk Lamed Vav, it is a very famous Pasuk where Hashem says, Ki adin Hashem amoy. Hashem is going to judge His people. And on His, his servants, He will have mercy, He change His mind. Hashem will see this forlorn, terrible, or forlorn nation and have mercy upon them. So what is this referring to? Um, so the Orachai Makadosh explains that it's not forever that Hashem will judge the nation of Israel. Looks like Israel is the underfoot of all, in the gutter of all the nations of the world. But when, there will be a point in time where Hashem will seek retribution to the nations of the world. And when finishing that, He will turn to, towards Israel and judge them, but also have mercy upon them. And this will be a point when the tzaddikim, the righteous, can no longer suffer on behalf of the people, where the leaders of such magnitude are not to be found, they're absent. And Israel themselves are so lowly that they cannot pull themselves out of Goddess, and they cannot pull themselves out of exile, and at which point HaKadosh Baruch will have to come and get them. The Haimek Dava refers to what's Atsur Azuv, this terrible forlorn state, talks about the, throughout the course of Jewish history, those who have been robbed of money unfairly, those who have been robbed of their lives without accountability, that's when HaKadosh Baruch will have mercy. I just want to read an account, which is an account, a British account, um, by Lord Coke, which is actually written um, at the time of Edward I. This is when the Jews were banned, were kicked out of the uh, out of England in 1290. And uh, when they were kicked out, like they were expelled from Spain, they had very little time to leave, and therefore they had very little recourse as to what to do with their property. This is just one account, probably something which we've never heard of, but just to give a sense of what this is. It describes the number of Jews who'd rented a boat to get out of England, the captain and the crew of one of the largest ships assigned to deport the Jews conceived a, a dastardly plot to get rid of all the passengers, a particularly wealthy group of Jews with some extremely valuable luggage. 
Once all the Jews were aboard, the ship duly sailed down the Thames. However, as it was nearing the mouth of the river at Queensborough, the captain dropped anchor, leaving the ship to bob up about until it was at low tide. At last, when the craft lay embedded on the sands, the captain announced that he was going to take a stroll and invited his Jewish passengers to accompany him, saying the air would do them good. The Jews, who thought that they must be ashore and suspected nothing, gladly accepted the captain's kind invitation and disembarked in high spirits. They spent many happy hours amusing themselves in the sand and were enjoying themselves so much that they failed to notice either that the tide had begun to come in or that the captain had quietly tiptoed back to the ship. By the time they realized what was happening and the grave danger they were in, the tide was coming in thick and fast, but it was too late. When they ran back to the ship, calling out to be helped back on board, the villainous captain refused, laughing loudly and calling down to them, Don't ask me for help. Ask your prophet Moses. If he could get your forefathers across the Red Sea, he'd bound to help you out of this. And without another word, he left them to the mercy of the waves. Each and every one of them was drowned. There are different accounts as to how many Jews were killed in this. Some say Lord Coke is suggested has the numbers at 15,060 Jews, and Matthew Westminster said it was as much as 16,511 who were killed in that. Do we ever hear about them? Do we ever hear any recourse to that? Do we hear any justice? Like Baruch says, you know, Hashem says, I'm going to see that. I'm going to see this is what happens in Jewish history. So many times, so many thousands, so many tens of thousands, so many hundreds of thousands, so many millions of Jews killed mercilessly. And Akash Baruch says, It's hidden by me. Justice will be coming. Finally, it's interesting to notice the word in Apostle Lamed Hay, which describes Korav Yom Edam, the day of their aid is coming. What does that mean? So this actually takes us to the first Mishnah in Maseches Avodah It's related to the Halacha that a person is not allowed to do business with a pagan on the day or three days before their aid, their festival. Why is, it, what, what, why is their festival called an aid? So actually the reason we call it is based on this Pasuk. The Gemara says two reasons. One is aid with an iron, which is, means to say a, a witness or uh, to testify to their destruction. The other one is aid with an aleph, like our Pasuk, which is destruction, calamity. And therefore we call their festivals Yom Edam, the day of their calamity, because it is a calamity that they continue in their wayward paths upon this earth. And that, that's what is learned from this Aliyah as well. Obviously there's so much more to learn from these Aliyahs because it's so poetic, there's so much depth, but these are just some basic points to try to appreciate this incredible perspective. We close the fifth Aliyah, in the meantime have a wonderful and meaningful